Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. always wait for the strings to take over hour number two on a thursday november is underway you know what mac brown used to say they'll remember november it's the biggest games in college football it starts to be those games in the nfl that really really matter texas is getting ready for a trip to manhattan kansas mac brown might not have some good stories if you want to talk about trips to manhattan kansas i'm chad hastings isaiah collier alongside and if it's thursday about one o'clock a lot of times we are graced by the presence of one of our own. He is here. He is around because, you know, Sark has uh, media availabilities, and he's in that media crew that's been covering the Longhorns for a little while. He is Jeff Howe. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We'll give him love, even though he's sitting right across from us. But you need to go right across 360 to Vaqueros if you haven't done that. It's always good stuff oh, over there at Vaqueros. They are kill- I'm telling you, everything you love at a Mexican food restaurant is cranked up to a different level at Vaqueros. That's how I will say it. Uh, Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, the Longhorn Blitz podcast, if you missed it last night, replay tonight at 8 o'clock, right after Longhorn Weekly, with Mr. Sarkeesian. Also check out Light the Tower weekdays 10 to noon. How you doing, man? I'm wonderful. Mac Brown could also tell you about some beautifully furnished casitas, if you're interested. Casitas? Yeah, you know the UT Golf Club commercial that oh, airs on L- right. on, I don't think it airs on LHN anymore. Oh, that's right. I do like the drive, Z- drive slice, and hook them. That's Z- pretty did good. Did you ever stay at one of those beautifully furnished casitas? No, can't afford that. No, I can't <laughs> no. either. Uh, the drive slice hook them line it's is little, pretty it's good. Little rich for my blood. Yeah, 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 a little hefty. Yeah, it's, it's a little, yeah, a little, little rich. Little hey, by the way, rich. we were talking a little pro wrestling before. Shocker! Imagine that we're talking a little pro wrestling before this segment started. Uh huh. You ever talk to somebody that like followed? We were talking about the old territory stuff because of Vice Vice's airing the uh, territories shows. Yep. What was that called again? Tales from the Tales territories. From territories. Yeah. You ever talk to somebody that was really into the territories and they tell you, "Hey, all, all that other stuff that, that wasn't real. When they fight for them gold belts, yeah, right. that's that's real." I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's all kind. Of, yeah, you get reminded over and over again about the territory days and how fans thought about things. It's crazy. Um, all right, so Texas going to Manhattan. Overall, it's five in a row they've actually beaten K State. Correct. Worst trip in the worst road trip in the conference. Is it really by far? Okay. How? Because you've got to fly into Kansas City and then drive three hours into the middle oh, of nowhere. hell no. God, it is that much. See, the only time I've been there was a basketball trip, and I think we were able to land closer than that. I don't think I had to drive three hours I after. I think it's three from Kansas City. I think is it maybe Topeka where it's probably about an hour and a half, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're dealing with whatever the now you going Saturday? I'm not going. No, this is a this is a oh, Chip Brown trip. I did you. I did Lubbock and Stillwater. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. Chip told us yesterday he's going to be headed there. So uh, it's good for you. Sounds like you got a good trade. Um, so Texas going into that environment after what we just saw, how much 
of football math is a tough game to play. You know this as well as anybody. How much of that 48 nothing are you factoring in to the way you're looking at Saturday evening? You start – I don't care what the sport is. You start doing transitive property and try to make it make sense, you get yourself in a bind real quick trying to do that. Oklahoma State did not play well. And they were beat up. They didn't play well. K-State played about as good a game as they could play. So I wouldn't bank on that happening again. I wouldn't bank on Texas playing as bad as Oklahoma State did. Uh, the thing I like about this team, Chad, is you know typically when the losses pile up, this is one thing I've said about being on the Texas beat. When things are going bad, there's no shortage of people ready to line up and let you know how bad things are. Uh, it turns into Festivus real quick. It just becomes an airing of grievances. Haven't really heard that with this team. As a matter of fact, we've heard the opposite. Our insider piece public went live this morning at Horns twenty four seven. Guys, are, that's what the team meetings have been about. Those players only meetings have been about. It's not about to gripe and complain to each other. It's just to make sure that hey, everybody, we still good here. Everybody's still on the same page. Good, great. Focused on getting over this hump and and doing this thing and then doing it together. So this team is uh, the character of this team, the maturity of this team through eight games, through through the bye week, through this week, appears to be miles ahead of where they were last year. And even Sark said, for whatever it's worth today, on the Zoom call, said he's been very impressed by, to kind of sum it up, the sense of urgency of this team mm. this week, their fight. And he said, they he described the four practices this week, he said that's the way you should practice in November, is the way they practice this week. So, yeah, tr- like I said, you start doing transitive property and try to make it make sense, it you're setting yourself up for failure there. So I, I would I would expect it to be a really competitive game. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was a blowout one way or the other on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, definitely ain't trying to see no blowout, Jeff. Unless if it goes in the horn's favor, then talk to me in a different way. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. You know, I feel like Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman – they have an interesting decision to make on who they're going to put out there at quarterback yeah. at 6 o'clock. And if it were me with how good we've been at stopping the run this year, I might want to see Adrian Martinez, especially with the way Will Howard was slinging it uh, against Oklahoma State. Who would you rather see them put out there which will benefit this Texas defense? As, as cra- Well, oh, gosh. I think it's worth though going to the injury stuff with the secondary because I think that could play in, in the health of your secondary could play a really big role in which quarterback you would rather see. Uh, it sounds and and Sark was asked about Anthony Cook and Ryan Watts specifically on the Zoom call today and Sark doesn't give away injury information. He said they both looked pretty good to me is what he said today. <laughs> which again that could mean hey. They both showed up and they were breathing this morning. They were present at the facility. So they, they can walk up. a little bit. Um, what we've heard, we actually we reported this on the site this morning. Ryan Watts is trending in the right direction, like he's going to play on Saturday. That's what it sounds like with a hamstring injury. Okay. Uh, Jalen Gilbo's got an ankle injury. Questionable. You know, do we see him or not? But if Watts is healthy, Jade Barrett moves back to star, and in theory, you're fine. Uh, Anthony Cook's situation sounds like it's completely up in the air at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if if you see him on Saturday. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see him. I know he has done some stuff this week, but I don't think it's been determined one way or the other, for sure, at least as far as I know, that he's definitely been ruled out already at this point. So I would say 50-50 at best on Cook. Sounds like Watts will play, and Gilbo, like I said, is in that iffy category. So back to your point, Zay, if you've got Deshaun Jameson and a healthy Ryan Watts, now it becomes, okay, who would you rather see? The thing that surprises me about K-State is how good Will Howard's been throwing the deep ball. 
uh, on passes of 20 yards or more down the field this year for Will Howard, and thank you Pro Football Focus for crunching these numbers for me so I don't have to, uh, on deep balls this year for Will Howard, passes that travel 20 yards or more in the air, he's 8 for 14, 226 yards and three touchdowns. Half of his touchdowns have come on deep balls this year. So do you feel like your corners are up to the task of defending the vertical passing game? Likewise, where Adrian Martinez, not only does it impact you in a run game, but again, and I asked Sark about this on the Zoom call again today, the issue of defending the middle of the field. And he said basically the, the one thing that they really tried to focus on during the bye week in terms of defending the middle of the field in breaking routes on third downs is really an area where regardless of opponent, that's where they struggled. Oklahoma State, structurally their offense, we know it's very different than what K-State does. But Adrian Martinez throwing the ball between the numbers and up to 19 yards down the field, 50 of 70 this year for 421 yards and two touchdowns. So that's the area of the field where he likes to throw the football. So I say all that to Zay. Zay, I don't think it really matters which quarterback you see because Will Howard gives you probably more boom in terms of explosive plays down the field that you could potentially give up with a secondary that's dealing with some health issues. But Adrian Martinez hurts you the two areas you really struggle to defend as a defense, which everybody struggles to defend the quarterback run game when you've got a legit threat. And for anybody that hadn't seen K-State this year, like when you watch their offense with Adrian Martinez at quarterback, it does look a lot like the Bill Snyder offense with Colin Klein running it. Like the way their quarterback design runs are, it's really trippy. But I think talking about Will Howard, that's a tribute to Colin Klein saying, look, I'm not going to beat my head against the wall trying to run Will Howard 25 times like you would Adrian Martinez, play to his strengths. His strength is the vertical passing game. Just go down the field. And they've done that. I think Colin Klein's done a really good job adjusting things as he's going forward. So it just depends on, I guess, as a Texas fan and, and for Pete Kwiatkowski and Terry Joseph and Gary Patterson, Sark, everybody in that room, what would you rather deal with? The threat of the vertical passing game, knowing they can hit those shots, or defending two things that you've really struggled to consistently defend this year? Yeah, Jeff Howe joining us here in studio, talking Texas and K-State. Yeah, in watching that game, I was really impressed with the passing game. The numbers wouldn't tell you that. 112th passing the ball, supposedly. And Texas pass defense is 92nd in the country, supposedly, going in here. What impressed me, Jeff, was the way they blocked certain plays. The way they used the three receiver sets. Whichever side of the field they went to, feels like Colin Klein was go- making sure big shock with K-State, that the fundamentals are taken care of. They block plays different ways. They're setting up like the three-by-ones for different reasons. But I kept watching thinking if some of these Texas guys are banged up and what we've seen the Texas linebackers, the trouble they've gotten themselves into the last couple years in pass routes, and what you keep bringing up about the middle of the field Mm -hmm. and how Texas is always great defending it, that's my biggest concern for the Texas defense going into this one. I know they're going to have to deal with Vaughn in that run game. But if K-State gets this passing game going, I think that's what really could hurt Texas. And Deuce is a big part of that, too, though. Like you yeah. Can, you can get him on circle routes out of the backfield. They can put him in the slot and just have him run glances and slants because this defense can't stop it. And yeah, he's if, caught 23 balls this year. If I'm Colin Klein, uh, a matchup of, I don't care if it's Overshone or Jalen Ford, either one of those guys on Deuce Vaughn, yeah, I'll take my chances oh, with that. God. So... That, and, right. and Sark talked about exactly. this. When I asked Sark about defending in the middle of the field, he, he did say, and I, I agree with him, structurally, especially with the way they use Deuce Vaughn, the way they use the tight ends, it's structurally different than how Oklahoma State attacks you, but they can still attack you in really that area of the field that's been the path of least resistance against Texas. I mean, Spencer Sanders, we saw in the Oklahoma State game, he was so banged up, like he could not throw the deep ball, which made the middle of the field stuff more maddening. Like, why wouldn't you just 
just play straight up man coverage on the outside. Don't even worry about taking safeties, you know, playing that too high look and, and having safeties help over the top. Just defend the middle of the field because he can't throw the deep ball. Um, Spencer Sanders in that game, uh, again, between the numbers and passes up to 19 yards through the air, 21 of 30, 217 yards and two touchdowns. Just destroyed you in that part of the field. Yeah. So I, I think what it boils down to, we talked about this on the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, and I, I you know, we were talk, kind of talking through this, and I agree with the point Rod kind of finished up with. I think if you're Pete Kwiatkowski, part of it is you just got to devote more resources to defending the middle of the field, which might be whether you're in a three-man front or a four-man front, saying, look, uh, defensive line, you guys are just going to have to win up front to defend the run. And, and for the, honestly, for the most part, that defensive line has been up to the task. Like it's It's been really hard – Bama couldn't really do it. Oklahoma State couldn't really do it. It's been really hard for teams to just line up and pound the football at Texas. So you can say that about this defense for sure. So I, if I'm Pete Kwiatkowski, that's a start. There are some things you can tweak in terms of the kinds of coverages you're running. But uh, until they figure out, I don't care stylistically what kind of offense you're facing because Bama did it, UTSA did it, uh, Texas Tech did it, Iowa State did it, Oklahoma tried to do it and couldn't really do it. Uh, obviously, we saw Oklahoma State do it. Every offense that's moved the ball against you with any level of consistency has done it attacking the middle of the field hmm. in the past game. Oh, gosh. Is this Deuce's last year? Is, can he be gone? Yeah. Okay, please, because good grief. Man. <laughs> that's that's, ticket eligibility over need, here. Yeah, we don't need them problems no more. Go make your money, man. Go buy your mama a lovely house in Williamson County somewhere, Deuce. All right, let's talk about this defense a little bit, that would be a nice signing bonus. You checked out housing prices in Wilco. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the price definitely point. went up. Uh, let's talk about this defense a little. It starts with number 91, Felix Ananuk Uzama. I want to say that's how you pronounce my man. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. But they play that three high safety look that Texas yeah. has seen a lot this year, whether that's Iowa State, Oklahoma kind of does a little bit, and Quinn Ewers, how is he going to be able to maneuver his way through this uh, this offense and find, you know, just make better throws. You can't have that performance that he had in Stillwater, and hopefully Sark understanding with a bye coming in, their quarterback's going to have a better game on the road. What are you looking forward to seeing in Quinn Ewers in this offense, man? Patience, Zay. Patience. And it's – I think we saw this play out in Stillwater. You know, you can tell – and I think this is why the three high, the three safety defense gives Sark some issues. What is the point of the three safety defense? You can take away the deep ball because you, it ends up basically your middle field safety actually functions like a linebacker, and you basically end up, you know, most for the most part in, in a too high, too high look. And you, what you want to do with that is you're trying to take away the deep ball. We see NFL teams do it to Patrick Mahomes, and we've seen the league adjust. What you have to have is you have to have patience because there are going to be parts of the field that are open, particularly the seams. And to that, I think why that gives Sark some problems is if and you can go back and just kind of look. You don't even need numbers like the eye test will tell you. If Texas doesn't hit a deep shot early, because you look at that opening script for Sark's opening script, you're going to have some shots called in that right. in that opening script. Yep. If he doesn't hit it, it almost seems like he gets really impatient to where you're constantly trying to come back to it. And I don't have a problem with that 
up until the point where it becomes a detriment to what you're trying to do on offense, where you just keep going back to the well and keep going back to the well at the expense of not getting B. John Robinson touches or not getting Roshan Johnson touches or not getting the ball to Jatavian Sanders. And I think you saw it late, Zay, in that Oklahoma State game. They started to use the tight ends a little bit more. They hit Billingsley on the little crosser. They hit a couple of seam balls to Sanders. So I think late in the game, it was too late at that point because you'd already lost the lead. They'd kind of figured out some things and gotten patient. I think the reason why Sark's patience is key, the main thing you can use against Quinn Ewers right now is his inexperience, just a lack of experience. And I think if Sark gets impatient, I think that in turn was what you saw in Stillwater. I think Quinn got impatient. And you're trying to hit, you're trying to hit the deep shot, trying to hit the deep shot, and that's why your offense it just had no flow, it had no rhythm. It's not that you were just completely unproductive all day because they were getting explosive plays, they were getting chunk yards, uh, they were moving the ball at times, but that's why it just had no flow. It just felt disjointed all day, and I think that was the impatience by your by your play caller and in turn impatience by your quarterback. I think you've just got to figure out. Going, expecting that you're going to see the three safety stuff, expecting that the deep ball is not going to be there, and figuring, okay, based on that, now how do you attack? That's probably getting the backs involved, probably more more two tailback sets, getting those guys involved in the pass game because they're both really good receivers, getting Jatavian Sanders involved. And the reason why I keep bringing up the backs, Chad, I, I made this point on the Blitz this week, and I, I made this uh, at Horns 24-7 our staff predictions too. If you're Sark, you've got at a minimum – Four games left with B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Because we expect Rose is probably not coming back next year, even though he's got an extra year. And we all expect B. John to be gone at this point. If you're Steve Sarkeesian, you can't get to the end of these four games and feel like it's a play caller. You left meat on the bone. Be like, man, I wish I would have. This game, I wish I, I really felt like I would have gotten the, the, the ball in these certain ways. I really felt like uh, we, we could have gone to him a little bit more. Don't get If you want to maximize these four games and get to a place where you want to be at the end of it, don't come out of these four games feeling like you could have gotten them involved more. Well, I think that's fair. What about uh, what do those predictions say for you this week? I, I mean, I, I kind of kind of laid out the the path to a victory for Texas. Shore up the middle of the field defensively. Have patience on offense. Trust your backs to carry you across the finish line like you did against Iowa State. Texas against K State, Chad, has done a really good job in this series of like controlling the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You look at this five game win streak. They've won the rushing yardage battle in four of the five. The only one they didn't was last year. Part of that was a 71-yard Will Howard touchdown run where saw some guys not giving a great effort, and we didn't see much of those guys mm-hmm. on defense after that. Yeah, and that was a that was a very uh, very workmanlike 209. That was a hard, a gritty 209. Texas ran for in that game. They got outrushed 228 to 209. It was a great because you were just man, forget Wildcat. You were just going like single wing football, snap at the Roshan. Yeah. Every play down the stretch, <laughs> right? So uh, Texas has been the more physical team. It's very OU like the way the series plays out for Texas, rushing battle and turnovers. You typically look at that. Uh, K State's done a really good job turning people over at home, and the fact that until Texas wins a game on the road, I just can't pick them to win. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I think it's going to be a close game, mm-hmm. but I would like the Longhorns to prove me wrong. I just until they show they can win on the road. I just can't give them that benefit of the doubt anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I've got it. I think my the one prediction I turned in. I think it was thirty-one twenty-eight K State. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Oh, come on, right. Jeff. Uh, and then I think I want to be wrong. No, yeah, no, I, I feel you. I, I feel you. You just 
that don't make me feel good. So real quick, you think the Astros got that World Series turned last night? Um, or I hope so. We got so. a long way to go. I hope so. I think this is going. I feel like this is going the distance because through through Game Three, the Phillies just felt like man, they are that effing team this year. They're just going to find a way to get it done. Uh, shout out to Christian Javier in the bullpen and the offense for coming alive last night. But yeah, I I told Craig this. I think for people that like baseball and want the World Series to be top of mind for people, I, I want the Astros to win. Obviously, I hope you know. I hope Game Four is one of those. Kind of back and forth, like you really see some some real, just some really good baseball or game, yeah, whatever. Where, game where five right tonight. Now? Game five, five yeah. Tonight, yeah, four or five, whatever. Four is last night. Five is tonight. I just want it to be kind of one of those classic back and forth, you know, really good high leverage baseball games tonight. Yeah, we are kind of in this era where every once in a while the World Series and these playoffs they'll turn into just blowouts both ways. Yeah. The series will be even, but you've got these wacky blowouts both ways. Uh but some obviously incredible history last night and uh, game 5 is tonight. Got to remember the first the first World Series I ever remember watching as a kid was 91 Twins Braves. Oh. That went to 7 games. Ooh. An extra inning is game 7. Oh, so hell of a series. From a young age I've been very spoiled on what the World Series should be. Yeah, no, and if feels like that's where this is headed. It feels like these two teams are just, you know, you're not going to sweep either one of them. Obviously, now you're not going to beat either one in five. It's a it's a war to the end. It's kind of like being in elementary school when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls. I'm like, this is great. This just happens all the time. <laughs> that's true. As an Astros guy right now, you're thinking, wait, this is cool. Four if, out of every six? If that's... you're an Astros fan and like you're in middle school right now, you you don't remember the hundred <laughs> losses or the disasters back in the 90s. You think this is this just happens all the time. This is great. Kids in middle school and high school, they don't care about the controversy in 2017. They're just glad it happened. Like, just bring it on. Let's Let's, let's keep talking about it. That is Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz Podcast, Light the Tower, weekdays 10 to noon. Also remember, you got the uh, pregame this week, 2 o'clock, down there at the Lavaca Street Bar on South Lamar. And uh, normally those guys grab Jeff to uh, break it down a little bit as well. Expect that as we get ready for Texas and K-State. Always good to see you, sir. On my way over to... Uh to the Moody Center. Hang out with Chris Beard and the boys. Oh, very nice. Yo, hoops availability today. Yo, you already got your uh, hotel tickets for first week of April in the H because it's looking good with the way them boys whooped up on them Razorbacks. <laughs> I, I knew I knew we were not going to be able to quell Zay's excitement yeah. over the exhibition, and I'm not going to tell him otherwise at this point. At this point, you just let him have it, right? Yeah. You just got to let it ride. Hey, book your hotels now, Texas fans. <laughs> Come it's on, in man. Houston. It's destiny. Oh, man. Um, or if you don't, you can just drive in. I mean, maybe yeah, you just do you know, that. You'll probably get some good basketball either way. Either way. Either way. Uh, that is Jeff Howe. Check out all the good stuff at Horns 24-7. And again, the replay of the Longhorn Blitz podcast tonight at 8 after Longhorn Weekly with Steve Sarkeesian, which will be right here on 104.9 at 7. We've got a busy night tonight. 101.9 and 1260, you got uh, the Vandergriff game kicking at 7. And on 105.3, the bat, history to be made. LBJ and Crockett will kick at 7.30. Shortly after that, Cedric Alexander may have that record. He needs like 66, something like that. That might be two carries or less. So get to your seats early. And we will uh, have Jamal Fenner on Light the Tower tomorrow to talk about it. There you go. Uh, We got you fully covered here. Up next, speaking of high school football, we'll get you the flex segment, including some of those games that got moved from Friday to tonight because of weather. Also, we will get you some more of the all 
Flex Volleyball watch list, folks. Now going down to the finalists uh, of that. We got the Flex segment coming. We got Isaiah and where are we at in society at 145. And at 205, it is Brian Jones of CBS Sports. Yes, he'll talk Longhorns and is he picking them over K State, but also we'll get his thoughts on Tennessee and Georgia. That's the big CBS 230 on Saturday. Stay with us. This is the Horn. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I have never seen this video. I mean, like today in my life, I've seen it 10,000 times. It was heavily, heavily rotated back in the day. Uh, this is a video you can't make today. They wouldn't let you. Wait, what's he doing? Well, um, it's, uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to, think. hold on. Is this the video? No, Addicted. Wait, addicted to love might be the one I'm thinking about. Although there's no way this was this had a deep plot either. So either I'm sure he was. I think he had the ladies in all the videos. Oh, okay. Yeah, Robert Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer. Yes, he had this one. He had addicted to love. He was part of Power Station uh, with a couple guys from Duran Duran. Yeah, for a while Robert Palmer was putting out some stuff. We got that. We got. Edison Lighthouse, which I didn't realize they're the ones that sang that Rosemary song. And then Joan Jett and the Blackhearts have all been a part of the show. Jeff Howe just jumped in with us to talk some Longhorn football. If you're just tuning in, again, it sounds like Ryan Watts is headed in the right direction. Uh, but he, uh, Jeff said that according to you know Sarkeesian and kind of uh, things they're hearing, names like Jalen Gilbo and Anthony Cook, it's just going to have to be game time. It's going to have to be kind of see how it works. Also, realize they're getting up there, and we'll double-check the weather tomorrow, but I'm hearing temperatures in like the 40s. You're talking about a 6 o'clock kick our time. It's going into nighttime, so it's going to be nice and cold. So whatever you'd need on ankle injuries and things like that, not going to be – not gonna be able to get nice and warm and loose for a game like this. Nope, nope. It might be one of those old school slugfest type of games where you gotta utilize your big time running backs, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, because this might be the last four games that we see Bijan in that bird orange. Well, obviously, well, maybe not even a bowl game. Hell, we just talked to Jeff Ward this week, and he talked about, yeah. you know, the life expectancy for a running back. And if you're Bijan Robinson, you got to look at that bowl game. If it's not New Year's Six, then, yeah. hey, you got to look about look at your career. So I want to hate him on doing that. So if you're Steve Sarkeesian, have that in mind. 
yeah, it's all about what happens in these next four games. Yeah, you know, how does those play out? What kind of bowl game would you be asking him to play? Is going to be a big part of the question. So Texas and Kansas State, six o'clock on that kick time, and again two o'clock on the pregame. Lavaca Street Bar on South Lamar is where the pregame and watch party will be this week. Uh, busy night tonight involving some high school football. Let's get you all that in the flex segment, including games that are moving. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, if you go to flexatx.com, flxatx.com, you can check out a lot of different things, including some rescheduled games uh, in our area. I heard Craig say it today that um, the Dave Campbell folks tweeted out today that about uh, right around 230 games are going to be played tonight as a, that have been moved from last night or excuse me, from tomorrow night to tonight because of inclement weather. Coaches want to make sure they can get these last games in. In a lot of cases, now there are some playoff things to figure out, obviously, but sometimes there's not even playoff implications, so you want to be able to get it in. You're not having to try to play on Saturday because then you short you give yourself a short week on playoffs. So in the area, we already told you the Westlake game has moved to tonight. That's 7 o'clock uh, over at uh, Chaparral Stadium, right over here off 360. Um, Hayes has moved their game to tonight. Bob Shelton Stadium, uh, the Huddle-Weiss game uh, in Huddle, that one's moved to tonight at 7, and Lago Vista-Gerald is going to be at 7 tonight. Everybody else that is uh, staying on, or was on Friday, I think is going to stay on Friday. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it's just some thunderstorms that are going to be rolling through, but Zay teams are trying to stay, you know, just kind of be as careful as they can and make sure they get these games in to finish the year. Yeah, one of the worst things you could have is a big-time rain delay or a cancel of a game, especially with the last week or one of the last weeks of Texas high school football. And there's so much that you got to account for, whether that's who's going to play who next week in the playoffs. You want everybody to have the fair amount of games played and all the games played during the regular season. So I, I get it. This is a good move. Yeah, we already had two games ready to go for you tonight anyway. LBJ at Crockett uh, over there at Berger and then Vandegrift at Westwood. Uh, that's how they'll finish out the regular season tonight. Vandegrift at 7 on 1019 and AM 1260. The LBJ game, 105.3 The Bat, that is at 7.30. Best of luck to Cedric Alexander getting that all-time AISD rushing record. The other thing I heard today, Zay, is that your Bowie Bulldogs, when they play Lake Travis tomorrow, there's no real playoff things to be figured out for those two teams because apparently Lake Travis is locked in at D1 and you guys are D2. So, the, right. But the question is, who are you going to play in the first round of the playoffs? I am hearing that... Lake Travis and Bowie, each of those teams could be facing. Well, they couldn't both face them. One of those teams is going to be facing Vandegrift in the first round. If certain things play out, they'll go D1 and face Lake Travis. If certain things play out, they'll go D2 and face you guys, the Bowie Bulldogs. So I think I heard this correctly. Would you rather play Vandegrift or Maynard? Uh, Maynard. I'll take Maynard. I think you're. Yeah. I think that's the right choice. Yeah, seeing both teams play, and I went to that Maynard versus Vandegrift game, and Vandegrift, man, they destroyed those Mustangs. So yeah, I'd rather take, take Maynard. Maynard in the situation. Now we ain't scared of nobody 
Coach Abels will tell you that. Right. And this tough-ass schedule that we've had this season has prepared us for somebody like Vandergriff if that game yeah. were to come up. But being a smart businessman, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll take Maynard. If we I could. think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So keep your eyes peeled for all of that as the playoffs are coming. Uh, that Vandergriff team is going to be a tough one to deal with, but there are a lot of tough teams to deal with, obviously, in this area. So, uh, And if I didn't say it, Lake Travis will be, will be D1 along with uh, Westlake, of course, coming out of that district. All right, so uh, also uh, the all-flex volleyball watch list. We've whittled that down to the finalists, and congratulations to the setters. Uh, Savannah Scopel of Rouse makes the uh, makes the finalist list a Rice commitment, so she's probably a terrible student. Obviously, doesn't focus yeah. in class very well at all. Uh, surpassed three thousand career assists this season. My goodness, broke the school's single game assist record with fifty eight. Oh my God! And her older sister held the record. That's very cool. Rouse has won district for the seventh straight season. Congrats to Savannah. Congrats to Riley Garris out of Vista Ridge. Uh, and by the way, Savannah is a junior. Riley a senior at Vista Ridge. She'll be going to Cal State Fullerton. Two hundred and sixty-nine kills and four hundred twenty-five. That's a nice campus. Man, four hundred twenty-five digs as a setter. Cal State Fullerton. You yeah. been there? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that's got to be nice. Um, and very cool. Speaking of uh, schools out in California, Dylan Gilkey is the third finalist for the setter position out of Cedar Park. And Dylan is set to go to San Jose State. That can't be a bad campus. I no. haven't been there, but that's not terrible. That's yeah. got to be nice. Yeah. 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 Shout out to these ladies. About that. Going where the sun shines in two cases. And then uh, a rice commit headed over to Houston for that incredible education in a couple years for Savannah Scopel. So congrats to all those athletes. If you want to see the full all-flex volleyball watch list and uh, the finalists, you can go to flxatx.com. Up next, where are we at in society? Zay will let us know. And at 2 o'clock, Brian Jones of CBS Sports will join us. We'll get his thoughts on Tennessee and Georgia. And he is one of the guys that told you he was leaning Oklahoma State to beat Texas, and he was right. Which way is he leaning in Manhattan on Saturday? He'll let us know. Coming up, stay with us. It's the Horn. Well, it is Thursday. Um, and there's really only one of there's one of a couple things that might be going on if those kind of sounds are being used to help a beat. And one of those things is, well, it's Rob Zombie and White Zombie from back in the day. So this would be more human than human? That's right. There we go. There we go. And this is White Zombie, correct? Yes, White Zombie. Okay, because I think later on you want to, yeah. Oh, how weirdly catchy was this stuff? Do you love this stuff? Kinda. So weird. I never saw White Zombie live. Had a couple of the records. Boy, when they uh, when they got after it, they got after it. All right, White Zombie, more human than human. Robert Palmer, Edison Lighthouse, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts have all been a part of it today. Uh, we hope you are having a good Thursday. I want to remind you, if you're out in the Lockhart area, they are coming to see you today. They being Ball Don't Lie. Rod and Harge at Terry Black's Barbecue in Lockhart. In fact, our man Patrick Davis also realized that, uh, you know, he felt like it was it was 
made sense for, yeah. him, for him to also be at Terry Black's barbecue, just to make sure that the broadcast ran smoothly. Uh, so he thought he would put some of his engineering expertise uh, to work. So we got I our film. Yeah, we got our man Corey coming in to produce from this end, and uh, then we've got Patrick headed out there. So it will be ball don't lie in Lockhart. One of the things I have not done living in this area is I've never had barbecue in Lockhart. Oh man, I make a trip once a year. It is. It's a legendary place, and Terry Black's is also a legendary place, and now the two are coming together. So Terry Black's in Lockhart. I hear great things about it. Get out there. That will be uh, right here on the horn, and they will roll till 7 o'clock on 104.9. we got Longhorn Weekly with Coach Sark. If you're focused in on your Longhorns, you keep it on 104.9 because right after that at 8, it's the Longhorn Blitz replay. Jeff and Rod and Matt crunching all the numbers and flipping out about Texas and K-State with all the details. That is 104.9. On 101.9 and AM 1260, that's where all you black and silver Viper fans want to go for Vandegrift and Westwood. They'll kick it 7 o'clock, pregame from the stadium at 6.45. little flex pregame for you at 6.30 there as well. On 105.3, the bat, it is the LBJ game. They will kick at 7.30, so pregame at 7.15. Cedric Alexander, 66 yards away I don't know if Cedric Alexander like it's got it's got to be a weird thing, Zay, when you're you're that talented, but you are a young man, and the idea that like nobody that would have no running back in the history of the entire school district forever would have run for more yards than you. That's a special thing. Uh, I hope he gets it tonight, gets it out of the way. Hopefully, this weird weather won't get in the way of that. The way he's been going, he'll need a maybe three carries max. Yeah, get there early. If you're trying to see it, he'll probably do it on the first drive, so you better get there there early. But, yeah, it's remarkable what he's doing, all the talent and all the guys that have played in AISD, all the schools and just all the years with AISD. And the fact that he is breaking this record, it's absolutely unbelievable. So kudos to him and kudos to Coach Fenner and the LBJ Jaguars. Yeah, congrats to 28 in purple if you're going to check that game out tonight over at Burger. And try those nachos. Bucky's right. They're good. They're good. I <laughs> you, better, you better have a Mike Tyson stomach if you're going to do that. I you like to be them. ready. Hey, Bucky ain't been here, so say what you want. Hey, don't go blaming the I'm nachos. Saying, the man had Bucky, surgery this I, week. Hey, they, the doctor's probably saying the nachos ain't helping. Oh, they didn't have not. They didn't. They didn't take nachos out of the man. I'm just saying. On another note, going Come back on. to going back to blacks. I know ball don't lie. They're gonna live it up there today. Don't they got beef? Terry Blacks. Well, no pun intended. But Terry Blacks and actual blacks. Like, isn't there a Dan and Fran type of situation there? Where uh, I believe there is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. We want to be very clear today. They'll be at Terry Blacks in Lockhart. Yeah. You. Yeah. They, Terry, Terry Blacks. Blacks. Okay. In Lockhart. Yeah. We it's, ain't trying to make nobody upset. Oh, yes. Right. They'll be at Terry Blacks in Lockhart. Yes. You want to make sure you get that part right. All right. Brian Jones coming up at two o five. CBS has Tennessee and Georgia for you at two thirty on Saturday. We'll get his thoughts on that. The other big SEC matchup: Bama and LSU you and his pick on Texas and K-State. That's all coming up right now. Where are we at in society? Let's see what Zay's got for us. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what do I need to do? Do I need to participate today? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, check the DMs. Yes. Check the DMs. Yeah. Check so the d- you know what's going on on today's top for where we at in society. Today. You know what? My wife would be happy to know that the only person that's consistently in my DMs is you. 
<laughs> you're the only person. Hey, that hey can... I'm, I'm glad I can assist in a positive way where you're not out here like M.A. Udoka. Exactly. So. I got no M.A. Udoka going on at all. all we right. were close with the volleyball situation. We were close <laughs> with the Wisconsin. We were close. We were a little bit close. Yeah. And I did have a parent of a high school player reach out to me on DMs. Yeah, but it was to- me. Totally innocent. It was totally innocent. All right, all right. No big deal. Go ahead. All right. So Halloween has came and gone, and the Dallas Cowboys celebrated Halloween, and so did the owner slash GM, Jerry Jones. (laughs) Oh, my God. And this fool, Jerry, not only is he cheap, but he also could be very unaware. He wore a ref costume, (laughs) a blind ref costume, so he has the referee striped jersey on with his hat, glasses, and a blind cane going as the blind referee. And he could get in trouble for this because according to Sports Illustrated, the NFL prohibits certain types of criticism towards officials. Oh, my goodness. So should Jerry Jones get in trouble for this? I will retweet this on my Twitter. Ain't that underscore Zay so y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I I think this is very mild, but it's Jerry Jones, so he he might get in a little bit of trouble. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, I'm about to. T- Great costume. Great A My costume. My gut is no. All right. Yeah. I, as you know, I can be very technical. I can be very cynical. And I, I'll rip Jerry Jones if I feel like he needs to be ripped on. We're not allowed to have that level of fun. I know he's an NFL owner, but really? You can't. That's funny to me. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's pretty good. If I'm Ed Hockley, if I'm Hockley's kid, if I'm a current referee, like, is it that? That's the own, and that's the owner of a team. That's not the head coach. That's not a player. But even if a play, if Dak Prescott, well, no. I remember Tony Parker went as Joey Crawford when he <laughs> played. <laughs> And Tim That's Duncan. Funny. And I want to say Tim Duncan was like Grin Reaper or something, and you can find pictures on social oh media my God. of that. And I don't think they got in trouble for that. So, ah, uh, yeah, I think this is very mild. I think Jerry has a good sense of humor for doing something like this, and especially at his age, it's it's healthy fun. He better not get penalized. For this. Somebody said whoop whoop whoopity do whoopie do. I've heard whoopity do, but not whoopie do. Whoopie do. He will just have to bust open his piggy bank. And pay a fine. I would hope they don't fine him, but I guess I sort of get it because you're going to say it's an extension of if Jerry stood there after a game and said it was a bad call, you'd fine him for that. So then is this an extension of it in a Halloween setting? I would say you're having fun and it's not that big of a deal. Who's next on the schedule? Packers? Packers, yes, in Green Bay. If they get no calls... Against the Packers, mm. we're gonna go back to this. Yeah, you're right. Then, then now it's a bye uh, week, so it might pass over, and that nobody will remember. I don't know when that game's scheduled. It's definitely next weekend. It's a late kick. Late it's a kick. late kick. Okay, so it, this should die down. But <laughs> officials don't forget. I've ref before. I was. I still remember Coach Beatty at Lake Travis, the head basketball coach. I remember him getting after me because I didn't call a carry. Which yeah. that's going around the NBA right now. We don't forget. I know. And here's the other deal, Zay. We got to remember who he is, exactly who he is. If this was generic owner that's just kind of chilling out in a suite and they're having a team party and you're dressed up as a blind official, we probably don't hear about it. If the owner of the Bears, Steelers, whoever it is, had done that. 
Steelers wouldn't have done it. They're classier. You know what I'm saying. Um, but in this case, we are talking about a man who is not just the owner and he's not just the president. He's the GM. That's the GM of an NFL team. So is that the extension? And as, I don't know these rules. Are GMs not allowed? I'm assuming in a public realm, a GM's not allowed to tweet out, that was a terrible call. I can't believe they they screwed us yeah, like you, that. You can't do that. You can't do it if you're a GM. So this is a they would look at it as this is a GM and an owner stating something about officials that, you know, that is maybe not what you want. I hate to be that. I hate to be old fuddy duddy because I laughed when I first saw it. And by the way, nice face makeup to the person, whoever that is on the right. I don't know who that is with that skull yeah, I don't makeup. Know that is either. If that's legit makeup and not a mask, that's brilliant. Even if it's a mask, it's brilliant. That might be one of Jerry's long lost daughters, and he doesn't want to show their real face. So yeah. he said, You have to come dressed like this if you want to attend the party. You have no proof. <laughs> you have no proof of that. By the way, what is Jean dressed up as? Is she Johnny Cash or what? She's just all black. I can't tell exactly who she's supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know who she is either. She looks like she's herself. Because at first I thought that thing in her hand was like a hatchet, but it just looks like her purse. So, yeah, I think she's just her. I'm not sure who the woman to the to our right is there, but that makeup on the end is... That might be mistress number four. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Jerry Jones might end up getting fined for a little Halloween fun. Good grief. All right, 2 o'clock hour coming up. Brian Jones of CBS Sports to talk uh, Tennessee and Georgia, Bama and LSU. And yes, is Brian leaning towards picking the Longhorns or the Wildcats? He will let you know. Don't move. It's the Horn.